Imagine a boy and a girl of about 18 years standing at the counter of a local general store. The boy asks for a pack of cigarettes, pays, lights one up and walks away all in less than a minute. The girl on the other hand hesitates and asks for something that the shopkeeper cannot understand. She clears her throat and asks again. The shopkeeper gets a packet of what turns out to be sanitary pads that are only visible for a second before he wraps it in a newspaper and then a black polythene cover. Do you see the irony here? A harmful product like a cigarette is bought and consumed openly, while a necessity like a sanitary pad is purchased furtively, as though it is an illegal product. But this doesn't come as a surprise to any of us because in our country, tobacco consumption enjoys a lot more acceptance and legitimacy than something as natural as an 18-year-old girl having a period. Hi there. You're listening to Unviral, the podcast where we tackle that dangerous combination of the two kinds of virality, misinformation about health. I'm Parvati Mohan, production lead at Factly, and this episode is part 1 of 2 on tobacco usage. If you go back to our previous episodes, you will find many instances of tradition and good health practices butting heads and disagreeing with each other. Girls and women face problems because menstruation is traditionally seen as an impure practice. People are discouraged from talking about mental health issues because we think of depression as something that only affects westerners. And cancer patients go against their doctor's advice by opting for herbal treatments over surgery and chemotherapy. This standoff between tradition and good health practice is just as prevalent, if not more, in tobacco consumption. Indians have been chewing gutka and smoking beeris for centuries. and this long standing practice has been a thorn in the side for governments and law enforcement over the years joining me now to talk about this is nandita kalidas the factly meta formerly facebook health fellow in your research did you find any specific case studies about such a standoff nandita yeah so let's first begin with understanding the legislation a little bit the cigarettes and other tobacco products prohibition of advertisement and regulation of trade and commerce production supply and distribution act which is also known as cotpa act uh, in 2003 is applicable to all tobacco products in any form be it cigarettes cigars beeris gutka pan khaini among other forms of tobacco across the country So the recent amendment to the act in 2018 prohibits any person from owning or opening and running on behalf of someone else a hookah parlor at any place in the state including at eating houses so the rationale behind this was to discourage youth from consuming hookah that contains tobacco however the cotpa amendment was a challenge to the cultural norms followed in the villages of rajasthan Traditionally hookah consumption is a deep rooted cultural norm and a social event in most of the rural areas so much so that it's an everyday gathering after work in the fields and this is continued even in the weddings and almost all social gatherings for that matter so this has made it really difficult for the health authorities to implement the amended cotpa act in the rural areas where especially the elders refuse to comply with the ban So unlike in the urban settings hookah in these villages is not recreational per se but is a part of the social fabric that binds people together 
these villagers explained that unlike in their urban areas they made their hookah with jaggery and tobacco and they believed it to be safe if not less harmful than the chemical hookah and the liquor there is enough evidence that tobacco is harmful in any form and the goodness of jaggery does not overcompensate for the harmful chemicals in the tobacco as i said earlier the standoff between tradition and health often leads to unsubstantiated myths being followed more closely than scientific advice Tobacco is no exception to this. Take us through some of the specific myths around tobacco consumption, Nandita. Yeah, so like I said, tobacco in any form is harmful. Period. But there is significant prevalence of misinformation in the tobacco usage and how people perceive it. All of us heard at some point in our friends or family circles when smokers defend that smoking relieves their stress. While stress is common to all of us, it is no justification for smoking. In fact, it increases tension and anxiety in the body while nicotine creates a sense of relaxation this in turn creates a sense of craving so technically they are not only increasing their stress levels the dependence on external and harmful tobacco is giving way to addiction and long term health problems as well the other common myth is that people think that nicotine is the only harmful substance in cigarettes while it is the addictive substance cigarettes have thousands of chemicals including lead arsenic ammonia radioactive elements among others and a lot of them are carcinogenic so the art of tobacco rolling is layered with toxic chemicals and addictive substances and when i say rolling certain people also claim that they roll their own tobacco instead of buying factory made again no matter how natural or organic the rolling is tobacco is harmful in all forms and can cause the same health risks another common myth is that quitting after years of smoking is futile as the smoker systems are permanently damaged this however is not true because multiple studies have shown the positive effects of quitting smoking these include repairing of the lungs re- reduced levels of carbon monoxide normalized blood pressure reduced risk of heart diseases and many other positive attributes the list goes on and all but it is pertinent to realize that there is no bright side whatsoever to tobacco there is no concept of organic herbal or safer tobacco alternatives it is an absolute myth that e-cigarettes hookah cigar among other things are safer alternatives these are equally if not more harmful in fact the coal used in hookah releases a higher amount of carbon monoxide than traditional cigarettes So it is time to move away from any type of or form of tobacco products and especially as a recreational activity given the long term harm it causes no matter what the myths are and no matter the kind of messages the tobacco lobby puts out the fact is that tobacco is dangerous there is no sugar coating the fact that tobacco and all its derivatives are bad for you In this light we wanted to understand more about the effects of these supposedly healthier alternatives like herbal tobacco hookah and e-cigarettes that Nandita just mentioned. So we turned to a doctor for his inputs. Dr Sonu Goel is professor in the Department of Community Medicine and School of Public Health at the Postgraduate Institute of Medical Education and Research Chandigarh and has over 18 years of experience in the field of public health. People say herbal tobacco is good for health. but no it is just basically a misnomer because what these tobacco industry is doing they are mixing the tobacco with some herbs which gives you a feeling of goodness but ultimately that is causing you harm so all herbal form of tobacco is not good for health this is another misnomer 
that uh, or the misinformation, hookah or shisha, whatever they call, is not going to do the harm because it is coming from the water. So this is another misconception which you want to, through your channel, I want to allay that. The second misconception is electronic cigarettes. The electronic cigarettes, uh, people think that uh, these are harmless, but these are even more harmful than our traditional forms. And because they contain nicotine, almost purest form of nicotine, 95% of nicotine, it, it's there. And people have died because of the blast in that cigarette or because they have inhaled the nicotine. Because nicotine is a poison and we are actually inhaling poison directly. Alternatives like e-cigarettes are being marketed to youngsters as a cool yet safe way to enjoy the pleasures of smoking. The WHO has taken cognizance of this and has warned about such new and emerging products in addition to the existing products in a recently released report. What are the important findings in this report, Nandita? Does the existing data validate the WHO's concern? Uh, like we have been discussing, tobacco consumption as such is perceived to be cool. And I do get that there is a strong industry lobby that invests into this kind of messaging and reach. However, tobacco use accounts for 71% of non-communicable deaths worldwide. India alone has 27.5 crore, the second largest number of tobacco users in the world. Every third Indian adult uses some form of tobacco. And that is a big number. Of these, at least 1.2 million die every year from tobacco-related diseases. So, with over 2 lakh due to secondhand smoke exposure... And over 35,000 are due to smokeless tobacco use every day. Nearly 27% of all cancers in India are due to tobacco usage. Therefore, one of the targets under the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, is to strengthen the implementation of WHO's Framework Convention on Tobacco Control, the FCTC, in all the countries for that matter. The WHO has earlier released a report on Global Tobacco Epidemic 2019. This report on tobacco control points out that while most countries are implementing tobacco control measures, there is a need to address new and emerging products. For this, they had come up with an evidence-based toolkit known as the Empower. So, Empower is an abbreviation wherein M stands for monitor and monitoring tobacco use and prevention policies. P is to protect people from tobacco smoke. O stands for offering help to quit tobacco use. W is to warn about the dangers of tobacco. E is to enforce bans on tobacco advertising, promotion and sponsorship. And uh, finally, R is to raise the taxes on tobacco. So, the implementation of Empower will help the countries create effective interventions in tobacco usage and reduce its overall demand. With control being exercised by most countries to curb the use of tobacco products, whenever you are levying taxes on one product, there will obviously be a rip-off or another substitute product entering the market. Therefore, the report highlights the need to identify and control such products and bring in the relevant restrictions. In the Indian context, if we have to see this, it is to be noted that India has banned the usage of e-cigarettes in 2019 through an ordinance. While new and emerging products have been banned, all the other forms of tobacco continue to be available in India. The idea behind uh, this ban was that lesser access implies lower tobacco use uh, rates. We look at the larger question of a blanket ban on all tobacco products in India in the next episode. 
But for now, let's get back to the very obvious fact that tobacco is bad for our health. But what many of us may not know is that it also has a negative impact on the environment. What should each of us know about this aspect of this substance and its usage in our country and the various kinds of impacts it has, Nandita? There is no environment-friendly or uh, environment-neutral tobacco here because especially when you know that tobacco kills more than 7 million people a year and is currently the world's single biggest cause of preventable death. The impact of tobacco on environment in India and across the world is quite extensive and severe given how tobacco is often grown without rotation with other crops. And this leaves tobacco plants and soil vulnerable to a variety of pests and diseases. This again implies uh, the requirement of large quantities of insecticides and pesticides to control the disease outbreaks. Tobacco cultivation and the curing process as such contributes towards large amounts of deforestation, soil depletion, loss of soil nutrients and pollution in general due to the heavy use of agrochemicals. These plants by default absorb more nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium than any other major food crop and cash crops. And this is an obvious cause for the depletion of soil fertility. Let me just give you a case study here. So as per the Central Tobacco Research Institute, CTRI, the area under cultivation for flu-cured Virginia, the FCV tobacco, is about 2 lakh hectares. As a thumb rule, one hectare of forest wood is required to cure half a hectare of tobacco crop. At this rate, four lakh hectares, by that I mean to say almost the size of New Delhi, a forest is being depleted every year for tobacco curing. So according to CTRI, the production of FCV tobacco is about 3000 lakh kgs. As per a highly conservative estimate, 8 kg of wood is required for curing of every kg of tobacco. It almost comes up to 24,000 lakh kg of wood is being burnt every year for curing tobacco in India. Additionally, a cigarette manufacturing machine also uses say about 4 miles of paper per hour to roll and pack cigarettes. So again, if we are looking at the numbers, it is estimated that one tree is hacked for every 300 cigarettes. And the buck doesn't stop at making or manufacturing cigarettes. Cigarettes and BD butts are concentrated toxic waste dump and cause toxic waste problems. These discarded butts are non-biodegradable and can persist in the environment for probably generations to come. These butts consist of the unsmoked remnant, tobacco, the filter of the cigarettes and the paper wrap essentially. So when these are discarded carelessly, it leaches out the toxic chemicals in the environment and are a pretty common cause of forest and residential fires and are a definite threat to life, property and forest lands. It is one thing to talk about tobacco consumption clinically by talking about the law around it and the impact it has and the statistics related to the subject. But there is one thing that we often fail to address appropriately in this conversation. The individual who is at the receiving end of all this dialogue. What I mean by this is that while institutions often have the best intentions of helping a tobacco user kick the habit, they often fail to understand that tobacco usage is an addiction in a sense and that addiction has to be dealt with in a certain manner. What does literature from around the world tell us about the addiction factor of tobacco usage, Nandita? The addiction to nicotine is quite a serious problem. And there are multiple factors affecting the decision-making of teenagers. Like if you ask a smoker how they took up the habit, one of the most common reasons is that it's either cool or that they just wanted to, you know, quote-unquote, try it. 
So the tobacco industry is also one of the biggest players who spends huge amounts of money to push market ads, price breaks and also promote the products to especially influence and reach the youth of the country. India has a myriad varieties of smoke and smokeless tobaccos that are 100% of them are harmful. And it is in our daily experience to see people either smoking tobacco, be it in terms of cigarette, cigar, hookah, you name it, or even chew tobacco in the form of gutka, khaini, mawa, zarda, paan, etc. So, the tobacco leads to the nicotine dependence and there is no going back from there. Addiction is a very serious problem and it does not in any way depend on the willpower of the individual to suddenly stop smoking. Nicotine essentially gets absorbed in the bloodstream and reaches the brain within seconds, much like other drugs. So even a fun experimentation with tobacco can have serious long-term addiction problems, extending into the productive years of a person's life. If I have to talk about the extent of the problem, one-third of the adult population uses at least some amount of tobacco products in daily life. Effective control strategies are extremely essential and important at this point and it has to cater especially to the problem of addiction. Although there are treatments like, you know, behavioral counseling or pharmacotherapy are available, the larger question is how will addiction be treated as a societal problem and at this scale? And this is where interventions have to be designed. By that, I mean to say that even right now you have the counseling available. But given that you have to go for follow-up of rounds of counseling and uh, they require and it has to be accessible at every place or, uh, you know, since addiction especially gives rise to, say, physical and uncomfortable symptoms that you can, a person can actually feel on daily basis, people tend to give up very easily. So, tobacco usage is often coupled with other issues like, say, mental health issues, substance use disorders, among other things. So, therefore, it becomes pertinent to address the primary issues that are a huge factor in even the tobacco consumption. Widespread prevalence and availability of dedicated tobacco cessation services must be available with the relevant resources to address the problem of addiction. And this is also part of the Empower model under the FCTC like I've discussed earlier. India does have these treatment guidelines in place. The effective implementation is the need of the hour. Tobacco consumption in the 21st century is a puzzling thing. It's easy to think that the government should ban the substance or that individuals should have the sense to not pick up a habit that is bad for them on all counts. But the issue is a lot more complex than this. We will address some of the major components of this complexity and the way forward in the next episode of Unviral, where we will talk to Dr. Goel Anandita in more detail about the subject. We have left a list of resource materials for you to read through in the description. Do go through these and share the links and this podcast with your loved ones. Until next time, take care, stay safe and remember to unviral. Unviral by Factly is researched by Nandita Kalidos, written, hosted and produced by Parvati Mohan and edited and designed by Jyoti Jiru. Thank you for listening.